Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrooks, the Rangers podcast. I'm Martin Douglas and joining me for the first time in a long time, we have again the three amigos, Scott Patterson, Willie Boyd and Thomas McIntyre. Gentlemen, how are we? Hi Martin, evening, how are you doing? How are you doing Martin, how are you doing guys? Evening James, evening Martin. Thomas. Now obviously the podcast is available on YouTube and Facebook if you want to view it. It's also available for download wherever you get your podcasts, Acast, iTunes, Spotify. You can also head to the website to watch the podcast. This is ibrooks.co.uk. Now, gents, we don't have a lot to talk about tonight. So, it's been a quiet week. <laughs> the only thing I was going to talk about was obviously the recap of the Aberdeen game, but I think we'll just do a couple of minutes on that because we've got so much more <laughs> to talk about. Um so, Tommy, I'll come to you first. Uh, we'll, we'll go over a wee bit of the Aberdeen game. What did you make it? Yeah, um, take the take the factual points. No injuries, three points in what has generally been historically a tough venue. Another clean sheet coming off the back of pre-season. I got the feeling that if it really came push to shove, Rangers had a couple of extra gears we could have moved into. It's a bit like the Coventry game a wee bit in that respect couple of things we need to work on. I felt there was a one or two points where it looked like maybe the front three hadn't been introduced to each other. Uh, a couple of moves that broke down. A couple of players looked like they were playing inside themselves a wee bit. Hadji had a bit of a poor game. But ultimately, we, we kind of strolled it. Aberdeen offered zero, absolutely zero, which for all those naysayers out there who were saying that they play a really uh, previously, they said, oh, actually, Derek McInnes has got multiple uh, dimensions to his game. No, you take guy a big, tall target man like Sam Cosgrove out and they offer nothing. I was actually quite surprised that um, Andrew Considine or Scott McKenna didn't start up front uh, in terms of play it long and hope we get something. Uh, Andrew Considine obviously took that out of all of our hands and decided he fancied an early bath. But uh, I maybe showed uh, Aberdeen up for potentially what they are and Rangers kind of strolled it up there, got the points, back down before lockdown, Aye, let's carry on in the next week. Scott, traditionally a hard place for us to go, Pataudry. You always seem to get a game up there. Yeah. Um, I've heard a few people talking about no supporters on the ground, how much difference is it going to make to a game. For me, that made a massive difference to that game. Yeah, I think um, Stephen Gerrard alluded to it and he's he sort of post-match stuff, and I think he mentioned it pre-match as well, that um, in his experience up there at Pataudry so far, it's a bit of a... Um, it's about a boiling point for, for Rangers when, when they travel up to Pataudry at any point in the season, regardless of where the, the, the two teams are in the league. Um, I think you, you certainly noticed a difference without the, the sort of the camaraderie, if you like, between one set of fans and the next. Um, and it, it was difficult. It was not difficult. It was different to, to sort of sit and watch a game and uh, hear the players communicating with each other, etc., without the, the chanting and the various noise background going on behind them. So, uh, yeah, it was strange to watch a Rangers game up at Pataudry, but uh, it was, it was, it's always good to beat them regardless where it is. And to beat them in their backyard in the first game of the season is particularly nice. Nah, it makes it a wee bit sweeter, doesn't it? And, yeah. and well, the, the goal itself, you know, pass for Tav, flick for Hadji, through ball for Morelos, finish for Ken. It was, it was a pretty good goal. Yeah, it was. It was a well-worked move. You know, start to be, uh, was it McGregor or Goldson? Passing it to Tav. Um, Lovely ball up. I wasn't totally sure had you got a, a touch on it. I've watched it back and I still, I'm undecided because I thought it maybe a bit of a dummy, but I'm not too sure. Um, Morelos, lovely kind of weighted ball through to Kent and, you know, everything else. He was just cool in front of goal. Nice slide into the back of the net. And, and Tommy, I, I heard Morelos getting a... I don't know if Pertlers is the right word, but during the commentary, Alan McCoy wasn't exactly happy with his positioning. But if you listen to a few other people, that was kind of the, ta the tactical ploy from Gerard to play Morelos coming deep and leaving space for Hadji and Kent to get in behind. Absolutely. And I'm certainly in the, the latter uh, of, of those camps, it has to be said, that far be it for me uh, argue about strikers with uh, Super Ali, it has to be, <laughs> has to be said. But stay, stay in your lane, Tommy. But um, yeah, I mean, you're always looking for Morelos to be 
you know, bullying the defence, pulling it apart, making different type of forward runs and being in about the box. It looked a bit kind of lethargic is probably not the right word, but I'm going to stick with it for the purposes of this. Round about the box, he wasn't as sharp as you, we all come to expect him. But that dropping deep to actually overload the midfield and allow runners to get beyond, it's kind of exactly what led to the goal. You know, I think Gerard touched on that as well. And so that's why he was doing it. It exposed Aberdeen because sometimes they, they weren't sure with that uh, Constantine, Constantine uh, McKenna partnership. If Morelos is dropping deep and there's not a natural other kind of replacement because you've got Hadji and Aribo and all that kicking about and, and Kent, do you go with them or do you stay? And they kind of get caught in two minds and that's why Ren Kent was allowed to bust right through as well. So that tactic absolutely worked. So it should be a no-brainer in that yeah, do you want Morelos bullying people top end of the park, getting shots away and all that? Yeah. Well, I take my striker setting up a goal that gets to the 1-0 win at Pataudry. Yeah, I'll also take that. Tactic work. Full stop. And Scott, towards the end of the game, uh, there was a challenge on Morelos in the box. I can't exactly remember who made it because, as you guys know, my research is fantastic. But there was a <laughs> slight challenge on Morelos in the box and he went down. Was that a penalty for you? At, f- at first, when I saw it, I thought it wasn't. However, when I watched it again, I actually thought he, he had quite a fair claim. And it's one of these ones that I'm sure over the course of the season we'll see either go for us or not. I felt on Saturday, maybe game one of the season, you're just not going to get it. Um, but if you were, that was happening maybe six months in, I, I think it's one you could quite rightfully claim for. Well, for whatever my opinion's worth, because you know that I don't, I don't usually have an opinion, it was a clear penalty. Um, but then while we have about three or four minutes to go, Arfield takes a bit of a, a heavy touch and Considine comes in with what can only be described as a jump and slide tackle. And if you listen to some people, not just Considine should have been sent off, but Arfield should have been sent off as well. Um, it depends who you're listening to, I suppose, on that one, doesn't it? Um, but it was an absolute reckless challenge. Uh, it was a pure first touch, to be honest, for Scott Arfield. Um, uh, there's no excuses for that one. They can't even blame the fans and getting drawn up in the, in the occasion. It was completely reckless. Absolutely. So, to Tommy, one now one away from home. We were all saying before the season started, oh, the random computer generator, two seasons out of three, we're away to Aberdeen. We've now got two home games. So, a good one now one back down the road. Happy days. And yeah, absolutely. You know, it's everything you're looking for. Right? Simple as that. You go away, open the day of the season, tricky tie. Uh, with all the permutations and nuances that we've spoken about in terms of no fans and stuff like that. You get up there, nobody gets hurt, you get your three points, you keep your clean sheet, you start the ticker on the season in a positive way. It's now about following it up with those two games you're talking about to start the consistency that we kind of dropped off last season. So great start, best you could ask for. We motor on into into the home games now and just make sure the team can the team can maintain that. But yeah, you can't look at anything else of other than coming away from Pataudry with a win as a positive. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. That and also I took Scott McKenna out of my fantasy football team at the last minute. So it worked, <laughs> <laughs> it worked out quite well for me. So yeah, so so three points, good to start the season. Um, Scott, Rangers TV has, I've long thought that it needed an upgrade. Yeah. And then we get a wee... Um, Rangers came out during the week and told us about the new lineup. Um, Emma Dodge is going to be presenting. We're going to have Clive, T- Clive Tildesley. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yep, and the Tom, the commentator, sharing the commentary duties. We're going to have Neil McCann, which I think is an excellent addition. Graham yeah. Sunnis, Walter Smith. I'm surprised they never went the whole hog and went for Rob McLean, but there you go. Um, <laughs> so what do you think of the new lineup for RTV? And do you think it's going to change the way it's presented as well? I, I think a new lineup is really quite special. I don't think it's something that um, any of us expected. There was wee hints, certainly prior to the announcement, that there was going to be some names in there that not necessarily people never expected, but certainly would raise a few eyebrows. And I think with the addition of um, Graham Sunnis and Walter Smith, I mean, I've used the term Rangers royalty in the past. These guys are right up there, and it will take some beating for anyone to be beyond them, as far as I'm concerned, and certainly in my eyes. Um, so it'll be good to have them involved in, in, in the match day, sort of commentating and just general analysis. I think uh, Neil McCann on board is a huge coup for, mm-hmm. for Rangers TV. I really do. Anytime you see him, 
Um, he's always very succinct. He's, he, he knows what he's talking about. Technically, he knows the game really well also. Uh, so I think it's, it's really good that they've managed to get him involved as well. As far as the, the, the sort of presentation is concerned, I think it, it kind of it ups the game naturally a little bit with the new guys that are involved. So I think it almost gives everyone a bit of a, a kick in the behind to 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 make things just that little bit better. Not that it's poor just now, far from it, but it just gives everyone a wee G up um, to, to just keep a bit of momentum going and make sure the product's good. Were you surprised, Tommy, at the kind of level of quality we managed to bring in? Because bringing in the likes of Neil McCann, Clive Tilsley, it's not cheap. It's not. No, it's not. And I'm again, I need to bang that drum as well. I'm over the moon about Neil McCann being part of it. I think I've, uh, I think I've made my, my, uh, my adoration for, uh, for Mister McCann. Um, oh, that doesn't sound right for uh, Neil. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well done. Well, well, well done. We got got there. Um, uh, you know, quite quite clear. And uh, yeah, uh, it's great just to, to have his insight and have a guy like that run about the run about the uh, the RTD. I think you're right. Uh, sorry, multi-layered question. I suppose I'm trying to do it really swiftly. Great that it's a, an upgrade, and it had to be with the virtual match ticket stuff. You couldn't do the same old, same old, or there would have been questions of quality. I think, quite frankly, and quite legitimate questions. You're paying the season ticket, and you're not getting but they're not lift in terms of not being able to get the game. Uh, remembering the Rangers have got a, state, a studio, obviously, in the in the ground, so it'll be good to you know see how that's used in terms of going back for half-time and all that kind of stuff. Great amount of people, Smith, Soonis, amazing. It's starting to sound like a sky kind of, <laughs> kind of thing here. Out of all of them, uh, and it's great to see that Tom was retained as well. You know, you don't throw out people who have stuck by the club as well. And Tom gets a bit of a hard time, but uh, you know he's been there and doing that job as well. And you know I don't mean this in a patronising way, Tim, but you can only learn from somebody like Clive Tilsley as well. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Emma Dodds, I'm not overly familiar with all of her work, but I'm sure she's a very, very good pick as well. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple of others in there that I've, I've, I've no doubt forgotten. The, the one that's surprised me, I think. Yeah. I think Alice Ray, but there's um, I'm trying to remember the name of the Scotland's national women's Shelley Kerr. Jellica, thank you. That's the one that uh, that I wanted to just make sure that I mentioned. Who's, uh, by the way, just on a quick side note, stuck up really well for us on sports scene because I never watched sports scene, but I clicked it on the other night to watch the highlights of the game. And after the game, Jellica was bumming us up something something rotten. So, but obviously at that point, she must have knew she was getting the Rangers TV gig. <laughs> but. Yeah. I think she yeah she was holding a pen in her hands as she just signed <laughs> the contract. So uh, yeah, no, but it's good to see there's a wee bit of kind of she's got that there because she'll. Have, insights into the game and also insights into the uh, the Rangers women's team because mm-hmm. a lot of the, the players work with us at Scotland level as well. So all to the good. The one that surprised me, if I was being brutally honest, was getting Tildler. Mm-hmm. I really thought that he would go, and it'd be interesting to see what the actual, if he's signed with a couple of clubs and gets to kind of mix and match, and that's why Tom's kept on and stuff like that as well. You bet your bottom dollar will walk up for the old firm games. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing the St Mirren game, uh, the, the first home game of the season that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he might sign with an Al Jazeera or another provider, something mm-hmm. like, or maybe even go to a streaming platform. Um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant to have a guy like that. Uh, and he's actually, you know, he's, and he's kind enough to respond to your tweets when you say welcome aboard and stuff like that as well, which is always a nice sign. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good line. That's a really strong, strong lineup. It sounds, mm-hmm. this does sound a bit base, right? But you look at it and you go, oh, that's professional. That's yeah. genuinely professional. They are. Um, I, and it's just interesting to see how they, they do all the kind of track side stuff and all that kind of stuff. Well, but yeah, a real upgrade. Sorry just to, not to wax let it go for too long. The only thing that I'm not worried about, but also needs to be upgraded at the same time because it's a perennial problem is the IT platform. I cannot go through being really excited for a, an RTV, a game on RTV and for it not to start when it's supposed to, and I'm sitting staring at a blank screen, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. So they need to make sure they nail all that. As much as I love Clive Tildesley and all that, I don't want to listen to just his voice and not see the actual picture. That, but that's niche, niche concern. See, I always thought that the the reason that happened was because before when it was Tom and whatever guest they had, all it done was click to a camera facing the ground anyway. It very rarely went to Tom. There was no studio or anything like that. So it always felt really unprofessional. Yeah. Um, but well, what's your opinion on the new RTV lineup? 
I'm, I'm really impressed with it, to be honest. I wasn't expecting, you know, Clive to be on the comms or, you know, some of the big names, Sunnis and Smith coming in. I'm going to be really impressed to see what Cartage has got to say about his teammates, though. He might be able <laughs> to get you that that more insight into what, what they do at training or whatever. Um, you know, he might be like, they've worked on that move. You know, like the Aberdeen goal, people are saying that looks like a training move. Um, it would be really interesting to see, see how he talks about us. Everyone bad, Barisic good. That's probably... <laughs> <laughs> It'll be everybody good, but then he'll, he'll start to question uh, whoever the centre-back pairing are. Hello, guys. Oh, they, they, they don't look any good, by the way. You need a bit of strength yeah. in them. Just as you've said that, as I was trying to hurry through the recap of the Aberdeen game, I forgot to mention one person, Scott, and that was Leon Balagoon. Now, I have to stress this because how many times have we seen... Somebody come in, have a really good first game. We all go mental, and then he falls off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. But for a for a debut away to Aberdeen, it was as solid as you're going to see. Yeah, I thought he played really well, and I, I mean, I think Tommy said last week that when uh, Balogun and uh, Goldson played together, they well, they almost never played together at Brighton. I think he arrived just as Goldson was coming up here, so I don't think they ever had the opportunity to to play together. They looked like they had done it for a long, long time when they played together the weekend. I thought it was excellent. Uh, I thought he played really well and gave the fans a bit of comfort. Felt a wee bit sorry for George Edmondson, if I've been brutally honest with you. Yeah. But um, Balogun's obviously done enough since he arrived to illustrate that he deserves a, a jersey and they start in the living. So fair play to him. What I would say as well is that the guy that he was playing against, the, the, the chap yeah. Anderson, he may as well still be running about at Pataudry right now trying to get a kick of the ball. Um, yeah. So he didn't have a lot to, to play against and a lot to test himself again. And, and let's be honest, if he starts against St Mum at the weekend, it'll be very similar. He'll not have much to do, touch wood. Um, impressive debut, certainly. And to go to Pataudry and, and play as, as well as he did and as accomplished as what he did, I, th- I thought was quite impressive. Like Scott says, Tommy, you, you do have to caveat it by saying that Aberdeen were missing their two main strikers. But he did stroll up. Yeah, and I think that's the only the only important thing. You know, everything that Scott says there is absolutely nailed on. You know, perfect. It's and I, I can mirror some of that with saying Haylander got some of the same conversations and then came up against Lyndon Dykes and had an absolute torrid time. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen Balogun up against uh, Sam Cosgrove. Not that I think Cosgrove's any you know, great shakes or anything like that, but he's you know, big, strong, and knows his, knows his game, knows his limits type of thing. Do I think Balogun's real deal? though? Yes, I absolutely do. I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying we need to see him in all those little bits. Uh, Rangers weren't really tested. Um, and you can make the argument they weren't tested because the centre-back pairing made it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, They absolutely dominated who was up against them and there was no way playing through. But that's when we'll probably see the, the, uh, the, the meat of it. And maybe actually playing out a hypothetical here, but I wonder if Sam Cosgrove, etc., would have been in there that Edmondson might have started instead because he, he kind of knew the game. But this one was a relatively, not relatively safe, but given that the, the changes to Aberdeen's forward line, maybe that's one of the reasons why Gerard felt comfortable dropping in Balogun. Although, you know, his, his ability is, you know, absolutely clear for everybody to see. I think he'll have a very, very, very good season. And I remind everybody again. An absolute free, yeah. brilliant. And and while I like, sorry, on you go, Scott. I was just going to say before you before you move on, I know you're going to probably speak to um, Willie about the Aberdeen game just now, but um, a special note to to Ryan Jack, who I thought prowled around Petodre perfectly at the weekend. I really did, and it was a shame that his beloved Aberdeen fans weren't there to see him and applaud him off the pitch at ninety minutes because no one got near him for the duration of the game. If he plays like that this season, again, Ryan Jack is going to be right up there and it shows quite clearly why he was voted player of the year last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ryan Jack was brilliant. And like I said, we could go right in depth into the Aberdeen game, but we've got two games to preview and there's no point in digging it in. Time. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, just, there's just no time. And I just want to add a wee bit in there about um, no. the game against St Mirren. It'll take, it'll take us on to that, I suppose. But no, I, it won't because we've got the Bayer Leverkusen game to do first. <laughs> I, I just think um, Scott was saying how Balogun might not be tested that much, but I, I think that Obika uh, up front for St Mirren, he's quite a big physical player. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he handles that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I, I was going to come to give you a point, William, but I'm not going to bother now. Just skip me. I was going to say we should get some sort of uh, we should get some sort of interactive voting system. Press one if you'd like to talk about <laughs> the Lever Kids again. Press two. <laughs> whatever. Um, no, it's a good it's a good point. Obika is a big um, what's the phrase? A big unit. He's a big unit. Now, obviously, this podcast usually goes out at 9pm on a Thursday, but due to Rangers playing, it will begin out at 9am. Now, we've been leaving sort of clues about an interview that's going to be aired on Sunday. Um, and I've got to say, see for all the people who put Amoruso, they clearly haven't been keeping up with your interviews. Nah, they don't give a fuck about us. <laughs> Tour Wally interviewed Amoruso weeks ago. Three months ago. Three months ago. To be fair to Lorenzo, he got back in touch and said, right, can I do the real interview now? <laughs> <laughs> the interview coming out on Sunday was done by Thomas. So Thomas, would you like to would you like to reveal who you interviewed and uh, the interview that will be coming out on Sunday. Uh, uh, no, no, okay. that's what I want. <laughs> no, I, should, I, should, I should say. Uh, leave it to the end. Oh, yeah, should we leave it to the end? I don't know. Right, should we keep the listeners guessing? Yeah, you, you Nobody stays to the end. Nobody stays to the end. It sounds like, sounds like a party I've been to before, um, but uh, or maybe a trial, but um, <laughs> Michael Stewart. Uh, but... <laughs> <clears throat> moving swiftly on there. He was never yeah, captain of Rangers. That's, that's quite true, actually. <laughs> leaving the captain of his own mouth. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was none other than, you know, Hall of Famer, captain. And actually, strangely enough, a man that I spoke uh, about uh, to uh, both Conor Goldson and Leon Balogun, because he's worked, you know, worked with them, it is none other than Sir, in my opinion. Uh, he made my... Did he make my fantasy team? He did make my fantasy team as well. Yeah. Uh, it was David Weir. Ah, and I must admit, like we've mentioned before, because we're all part of the This Is Ibrooks group, we get the um, pleasure of being able to watch the interviews before they go out. Um, Scott and Willie, have any of you managed to watch the interview? Putting you on the spot. I've had a quick snippet of it. Oh, um, not good enough. Not all of it, but as you say, no one watches it all. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a really it's a really good chat. He, he strikes me as you know, David Weir actually comes quite close to where I where I stay, and um, I know people that have have known him as he's as he's grown up and went through his football career, um, starting off at Falkirk here, and uh, he just strikes me as being quite a down to earth type guy. I mean, I know that he, his son's just recently signed. Um, with with Brighton, I think it is as well. So, his his family is quite clearly immersed in the game. But the, the thing that struck me from from the thirty minutes or so that I looked at Tommy, he, he struck me as being a really down to earth, pleasant guy and someone who you are proud to have associated with the with the football club. If I can just can I back that up? Scott's absolutely nailed it there. Um, it, it was it was all those things. Really, really no question was off limits. Spent more time with me than he probably should or slash wanted to, um, so, and I had to profusely apologise to him. Yet yeah, happy answer everything. Total gentleman, really calm, really considered. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, an, an absolute gentleman, and I don't use or throw that word about lightly. Uh, a top, a top guy. So, what kind of topics uh, did you discuss? So we spoke about his career, obviously. I'm, you know, I was going to say I'm not going to give the game away, but it's pretty. <laughs> what your career was, I mean, to be brutally honest, isn't that a done it? Uh, so, or maybe we come to that at the end, but we spoke about his growing up, and not so much growing up, but in terms of football, you know, how he started in the game, you know, uh, going to America, coming back, this type of thing, uh, cycling through the clubs that he'd been at, Walter Smith at Everton, coming to Rangers, everything that that meant, um, some of the big, big games that, you know, uh, that UEFA run and stuff like that, and then we spoke about coming back as uh, assistant assistant manager and the, the how that ended and leaving the club as well. And like I said, he was very open and candid about all that type of stuff, which I greatly appreciated. And I hope other people listening as well, outside of this is the the, the this is Ibrooks Collective, will uh, will enjoy it as well. And obviously that drops at three pm on Sunday. And you can find it at the website, this is ibrox.co.uk. You can watch it on YouTube and Facebook, and you can also download it wherever you get your podcasts. Again, Acast, iTunes, 
Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Podcast Addict. I could go on, gents, as you can see. I have been, uh, what do you call it? Learning. Researching. Researching, yeah, yeah, that's the one. You're getting good at that. You're getting really good at yes. that. Uh, yeah. them all off. He's got them all written down his arm. Uh, <laughs> watching oh, right, okay. You got them in paper. Nice one, nice one. Um, and then he's done a runner. Uh, I can't do <laughs> one on the video. I know, my camera's just decided to chuck it. There we go. There you go. Were you, were um, you, were you writing down your words again? Is that, yes. what, is that what you're doing? <laughs> Um, right, obviously, like I said, the, the podcast usually goes out at 9 p.m. on a Thursday. It's going out at 9 a.m. because nope, we have nobody, a game. Nobody will want to know that because they'll be listening to it right now. Just remember that. No, I'm I'm putting context <laughs> in a segue <laughs> into <laughs> the next topic. <laughs> You know, yeah. No, I I got I just got cut out, so I'm just basically back in no long. So I missed I missed I missed me quite a lot of that weird talk there. Well, I'm not going back over it. Now, can, fine, I get on, can I go on with my can I go on with my segue? Is oh, that alright? That made me no. laugh. That, that <laughs> oh, right. Well, if we're still on a break, two seconds. We're not on a break. <laughs> <laughs> Right, the podcast usually goes out at 9pm on a Thursday. It's going out at 9am because we've got a game against Bayer Leverkusen. Right, we had a quick chat about this months ago, it seems like now. Um, and has any of your opinions changed? And Willie, I'll come to you first because I believe you've done the preview that's available on the website. Um, I hope, at least I hope it was you, otherwise I've just gave you credit for something you've never done. <laughs> I just uh, I did, I did. So what do you expect for the game tomorrow? Or today, um, or whenever this podcast goes out, because of course it matters so much to you. <laughs> um, right, I've got to compose myself. <laughs> um, aye, I think uh, we're just going to really treat it pretty much just like a pre-season game. I think the game's pretty much done for the first leg, if I'm honest. Um, can't really see us kind of throwing too much at it, although Gerald says we will today. Um, but I think he'll just treat it as an air way to get more minutes uh, in the legs of players and that. I don't know. I've not actually looked at the rules. Can they use five subs? Does them do know? Because I think I, if, if that's the case, then I think they, they probably will just use it to get minutes in, in a lot of people's legs, to be honest. Scott, do you expect them to start with kind of the same team that started against Aberdeen, a strong team? Yes, I think it'll go away strongest possible team available. So, that, so you're looking at Morelos will start... Um, Rebo will start, uh, Glenn Camaro will start, Jack will be there, Goldson will start. Um, so, yes, I think he'll go with the, the, the strongest possible team um, that he can. As you say, it seems like we've been speaking about this game for, for months now. I think when we originally spoke about it, we spoke about how we were almost, we were going with a bit of trepidation, but we almost felt if Havertz wasn't there, that we'd fancy our chances a wee bit. Sadly, Frank Lampard's not opened up his wallet enough to, to take him down the road yet, so it looks like he'll be playing tomorrow night. Um, and I, I, I understand what Willie's saying. I think there's, there's um, I don't think anyone really thinks that we can we can do it, but, do you know what I mean? Early goal, who knows? And Tommy... Like, like like Scott says, we spoke about this ages ago and we all we all pretty much went, listen, this is just for the extra payday. You know, from the first leg, there's no way we can overturn a 3 0 deficit. The night before the game, can we do it? Well, you leave out your, your milk and your, your biscuits and hope Santa takes a takes a nibble and, and leave you a present type of thing. Um uh, yeah, I've no idea why that came in my mind either. But <laughs> let's not end it out. Uh, so I, this is my moment to shine. This is this is uh, I'm going to I'm going to show you all that I I still do my research right, and if, uh, if you don't like it, there you go. So actually, there's a couple of things here. One, there is a little bit of growing noise that uh, all the round of sixteen games might be postponed at the last minute. UEFA have done some thinking on this, and there's one or two things out there in the kind of public domain. Uh, don't have an inside track on that or anything, but. Uh, one or two things. I sense that the game probably will still go ahead, given some of the R rating stuff in uh, in Germany. It's one of the safer countries uh, in Europe at the moment, so probably. But if you may for make a blanket decision to say, well, it'd be unfair to hold some of the games and some not, we might find ourselves in a strange position. And with that, if we kind of tear the hypothetical on a little bit more and say, okay, the game goes ahead. And with Scott, terribly disappointing that uh, Kai Havertz uh, hasn't uh, hasn't tweaked Sorry. something or you know jumped on a jumped on a flight and then a Timo Werner. Where am I? Uh, well, thankfully you're in you're in London. But 
so he might he might play or whatever. Do, you know, do I see Rangers winning by? I think it would have to be three clear goals. Three clear goals. Um, do I see that happening? It's going to be a bit of a stretch to be honest with you. And the elastic might snap back and hit me in the eye. So uh, <laughs> let's let's park that one up, as they say in the business world, right? Um, and then drink a lot and go down go down the park because I, I'm not entirely convinced that Rangers will be able to overturn that deficit given how good they scored and how how kind of really incisive uh, Bayer are going forward. And mm-hmm. they looked pretty rock solid at the back. Actually, Rangers didn't yeah. overly overly trouble my Brooks. Let's let's call it. Let's call a spade a spade, right? Type of thing. And then on top of that, I think you've got in Gerard's mind as well. It's the start of the season, right? And we've got other things to play for, uh, so to speak. I think Scott Arfield is he took a wee bit of a knock from Potodri, but he seems to have been fine. He's trained. I think the same, and I'm trying to quote from Stephen Gerard here as well, that because um, press conference day and stuff like that as well that James Tavernier didn't train today. So today being Wednesday, obviously, when we're doing this recording the day before the game. But he'll be given to the last minute. But it could be a case of, do you want to risk your captain and how important he is the way we play for the you know for the league games? See, something might happen might happen there. And and I'm I'm pretty certain um and, and Scott's gonna say, well why didn't you say this earlier? <laughs> but I'm pretty certain that uh, because of a knock, Ryan Jack has been ruled out by Steven Gerrard and won't make it. Why didn't you say that earlier? Why didn't um, you say that earlier? Because I wanted to showcase that I'd uh, I'd done my research, so get it all of these. Um, no, actually, <laughs> actually, the reason I didn't say it because I, I to be brutally honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure of that one, but I'm I'm pretty sure in my mind, you know, me guys, I I like to try and double check stuff before I ever say it, but I'm I'm sure, and somebody could do it online or whatever while we're doing this, but. I'm sure Gerard said Ryan Jack won't make it because he's picked up a knock and so they're not going to bother uh, um, risking him. So he won't set that game in, which means I wonder how it's going, it's going to look in that, in that midfield. There you go. Well, will it make it any difference at all, the fact that the German league finished, I think it was over a month ago now, we've had a pre-season and we've started our season. Will that make any difference to the game at all? Um, might give us a slight advantage, but I mean they're still professional enough that they're going to have been keeping themselves relatively fit. I'd imagine they would have been training probably as well. Uh, maybe play a, a few games at the training centre, wherever that is, you know, for for the level uh, bio. Um, but I think it could give us a, a slight advantage that we've kind of done a pre-season and we were in the league games. Right. Okay. Scott, give me a prediction. Oh. Oh. Um, I think Bayern will beat us 2-1. Well, I hope Bayern don't beat us because then we went to the ranks, City. No, I said Bayern. Um, I know, you said Bayern. Listen back, people listen back. <laughs> Tommy. All this factional infighting. Uh, <laughs> Tommy, scoreline. I am going to say Bayern, Leverkusen, 2. That's what I said, Tommy, well done. Uh, there we go. Uh, Bayern, in Leverkusen in Germany. Um, that's a terrible, terribly, terribly poor joke. Yeah, my apologies to everybody. Um, you two each. Two each? Oh. Yep. William? If they wants to listen to mine, but I'll say 3 0 Rangers, Morelos double. Yes, go on, Willie. That's Come what on, why no? Bad positivity. I'm with you, William. I'm with you. <laughs> that's a good shout. Well, while we're trying to keep all things positive, gentlemen, I don't know if you've heard, but we made a couple of signings. Have we? Um, <laughs> And the first question I've got, Scott, is where's the money coming from? Oh, don't ask me that. For <laughs> goodness sake. So I've got, I've, got, um, I've got friends who, well, let's say they don't support the same team as we do. And um, they were very quick to ask me the same question yesterday. Um, but it's good to see we're still on their head for the new season starting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, before we go and discuss the signings, Tommy, what does this mean for Alfie? I thought you were going to ask me what it means for um, conspiracy theorist blogs there, but yeah, fine. Let, let's let, let's jump on to the Alfie question. So you know, when I was down the Copeland Road, uh, paying for some of these players with my my gingy bottles and my <laughs> my money laundering, um, uh, or whatever else the tinfoil hat brigade will have you believe, um, it's, it's actually some. You know, I have to say, some people on the internet generally believe it's an international, global financial market conspiracy to, to get all his players. It is, 
the highest level of nonsense you have ever you've ever read in your in your life. And and I happen to to read. Um, well, I'm going to stop there actually. But so you asked me a question about Alfredo Morelos, didn't you? Uh, it's an interesting one because I mean a forward line with, and I won't you know wax lyrical about all you know about the players in great detail because we'll touch on them later. And give the guys the, the chance to do that. But you've got uh, Cedric Itton and Kmar Roof, uh, and then you've got Alfredo Morelos. And then you've got Yanis Hadji, Joe Rebo, and I would say, and then uh, Ryan Kent as well. So that's a really exciting, I don't care who you are, that's a really exciting forwards kind of uh, package, if you like, right, part of the team. question is, money's been spent, right, and that, that's fine. Uh, does it mean that Alfredo Morelos is edging towards the door? Mm, maybe. And, you know, you, you get your players in because you want to bed them in before you lose your player. Does it mean he's going to end up staying and going at a later date because he wants to be part of something? That's a possibility as well. I mean, I, I suppose the only thing is you don't see tons of clubs battering down the door mm-hmm. for Alfredo Morelos, right? And that's not me saying in any way, shape or form that he's not a good player and I don't highly rate him and I don't think teams want him. I just think we won't see any real movement beyond the league stuff eh, for maybe a, another week or so but as other Leagues start to close down, start to start up, clubs start to get back in, the money men do the bean counting. Um, I don't know, whatever uh, mafioso money gets shipped via Liverpool and then any, you know, uh, <laughs> in New York. Uh, Edmonton Drive and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think it's just that it's a waiting game. Do I think that Rangers could handle, obviously, money wise, having uh, brought in Itten and Roof and keep Alfred Morelos? Absolutely, that's an unequivocal yes. Will we? That's maybe the other question. Or does Stephen Gerrard? I think I spoke about this other week about A, B, and C and all those kind of various various things. Does Stephen Gerrard now think he's got the answers to the questions that Alfredo Morelos uh, was answering or, or couldn't answer? M- maybe as well. Do you know what? I didn't give you any answers there. I think in the long or the medium. <laughs> I think in the medium term, Alfredo Morelos will leave. There, there's my there's my answer. Well, if Alfred doesn't leave, what does that say for Jermaine Defoe? Um, it's interesting because I think it, it could kind of pretty much put him to fourth choice um, if that's the case. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if maybe there's a, a change of formation if uh, Morello sticks around as well with the four still there. Um, kind of given that we've got the four strikers, maybe start with two up front or what. Um, I was, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. And Scott, that was actually the question I was going to ask. We signed Kmar Roof and Itten, I think that's his name, and there's so many jokes that can go along with that name. But So we've signed the two guys for a few bob, let's say, yep. for the Scottish game, Tommy, not for Rangers, for the Scottish game. Um, I'm just going to point out, you started by asking Scott and then you dropped my name in there halfway through. So listen, I, was, I was giving you credit. Right, you, just, you just get back over to Scott. <laughs> I was giving you credit because last week you said I'm not going to say for Rangers anymore for big transfer fees. I'm going to say for the Scottish game. I but stand you know corrected, Martin. I, I won't. Corrected. I won't give you credit anymore. So, uh, Scott, so let me roll that back. I will take all the credit that's going, host. I will take all the credit that's going. <laughs> so, Scott, we've signed day two boys for. It's, it's not buttons. So, do you think there may possibly be a change of formation, or do you think Gerard will continue with a four-three-three? No, I think he'll continue his four three three. To be honest, I think what what he has done by by bringing these guys in, he, he, so if it, Roof, I think brings excellent versatility. So he can play anywhere across that front three. He can play left, right wing, through the middle. I think he's also got the ability to play in the number ten role that we've we've sort of done to death on the pod. Um, Itten, I think, arrives with more potential as much as anything else, to be honest. What he does have that I don't think we have there now clearly is a huge presence. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the 2nd of January, 2021, and Celtic are at Ibrox and it's nothing each. There's 10 minutes to go and we need to launch the ball into the box. If you're launching the ball into guys like Defoe or Morelos or Roof, you're not going to get a decent end product. If you're launching it into a guy who looks to be as big as what Itton is, you've got a better chance of perhaps getting something. So I think the Swiss guy gives us better options. He gives us something that we've not had. And I think he gives us a really good target man. I I mean, I don't know who the guys think the last good target man we've had at Ibrox is. Tori Andrew Flo. (laughs) (laughs) I would suggest this earlier than that. 
Mark Haley. Full stop, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? 2020, we have to have that option there. And if Morelos does go, perhaps there's an alternative for them to, to mix it up a little bit and go with two up top. But I think Gerard is, is, is quite stuck in his ways. He, he likes that sort of three-pronged attack. And I, I have to be honest, it's, it's something I'm a fan of myself. And Tommy, I've heard a few people online, uh, obviously Kmart Roof, if you listen to the rumours, it's anywhere between four and seven million, depending on what Celtic blog you're listening to, right? So, <laughs> sorry, I just seen you just laughing. I'm just, yeah, I'm just laughing because I, I, I listen, these conversations always, um, I actually feel sorry for the people that pay for these types of blogs. Yeah. Or whatever, because, um, you know, money's tight for everybody across the, the world um, and people are being paid to, to listen to, to, to nonsensical lies. It's, it's, it's shameful. It's actually, Kids are just getting back to go to school as well, so uniforms need bought. And... I, exactly. Oh, I that. It's shameful and people, are, people have got that, that kind of begging pole out to telling people just absolute nonsense and lies. And more importantly, it's evidenced nonsense. You, mm. you know, uh, it's, it's that kind of, oh, if I say this same thing, 50,000 times, maybe at one point it might be right and then I can claim I'm Nostradamus. No, that's not quite how it works. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's ITK, there's not ITK, and then there's standing outside in your drawers, waving the, your hanky in the air and, and hoping you get it right, you know, once a day type of thing. So, and I think we know what end of the spectrum some of these people exist on. I know, but I actually forgot the point I was going to make, so I'm glad you laughed. It gave me time to rethink the point <laughs> I was going to make. I don't, um, know why, I don't know why I came up with the idea of somebody standing in, in the street in the drawers waving a handkerchief. I, it's, it's, you know, it's the last time I, I, uh, I drink absinthe. No, you obviously seen me struggling and you just stepped in to help. That's what it was. Well, having you chastise me earlier for uh, not remembering <laughs> the comment that I made last week, I, I thought I owed you a favour, buddy. But regardless of whatever the fee was, there's been a few Rangers fans saying, listen, the guys only had one good season at Leeds, one decent season at Anderlecht, and we've shelled out quite a lot of money, especially if he's going to be the replacement for Alfredo Morelos. Because if you look at his career previous to that, he wasn't exactly the biggest goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair criticism. You know, it's, I think you're talking about some of the four years... Uh, 35 goals at senior level. If you talk about time he was at you know, Leeds and and then uh, well, I mean have been a, no, I think I'm I think I'm right. I think I'm right because he went Oxford um, and then Leeds and then on to Anderlecht. So uh, yeah, he's become prolific in the last two years, if you like. But well, it's nothing wrong with hitting a player when he's hot. Type mm. type of thing. That's that's when you want to get it. And there's no doubt that we've got a reasonably decent deal because of the way the Belgian market's been affected by COVID nineteen and stuff like that. So. Is he value for money? Does he look like a really good player? Yeah. Does he have a, you know, some baggage and some questions to answer? Yeah. I'm not entirely sure there's any players out there that don't to some extent. That's not to say I'm giving a free pass. He needs to hit the ground running with everybody. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if he's played as that out-and-out -out striker because sometimes Bielsa at Leeds used to play him, I think, on the right wing and cut in. Uh, is it right? Yeah, I think it was the right wing. Yeah. And, you know, he'd be able to part of that pronged attack that, that Scott was referencing there as well. So there's a flexibility and a versatility to that. Uh, I think Etting can play a little deeper as well, but that's you know, for another another day or another comment. But, yeah, okay, so he wasn't buying them in when he was growing up. He's now, what, 27? And in the last two years, so 25 to 27, he started buying them in. That sounds like progression and a player starting to tear up to hit his prime you know that's how I would generally look at that I would I'd rather start with the positive um and say this could be a good signing than say oh yeah he's, he scored you know good ratios in the last two years but it's all going to fall apart but, <laughs> I, you know that's what's the point in thinking like that you know I mean other than you might get some sort of say Damascus surprise at the end of it but yeah good he's going to hit the ground running he's going to bang them in and we're all going to be we're all going to be happy um, I'm not entirely sure what else I can I can say to that. <laughs> Even I ran out of steam there for once. Um, yeah. So what? He wasn't buying them in forever. Now he's buying them in. He'll buy them in for I hate uh, it. I hate it when you make sense. I really do. Um, <laughs> William, just uh, the reason that I, I called the, the other player Itten is because I forgot his first name, but I believe it's Cedric. If, I, if I've got that right, yeah. Cedric Because that sounded awfully, awfully nasty. Just saying, came my roof and Itten. 
Um, but again, I've seen a few clips of him online, and again, you can go with what you see on YouTube. But from what I have seen, he looks like a really decent finisher. Yeah, absolutely. He looks really good. Uh, he looks like maybe something that uh, Barisic and Tavernier will, will hit constantly. It'll be interesting to see what the end product of that might be and how many goals he might score. He's uh, was it Nishal had done a, a piece for us, a story on on him in, uh, for the blog, and he pinpointed his main strength really in his aerial presence. He um, scored a quarter of his goals uh, from headers last season and all, all, like the, all the goals he scored in 36 games, it's 20 goals. So five goals he scored for his head. Um, so it's not a great deal when you when you put it that way, I suppose. But when you say it's a quarter, it's, it's far better, isn't it? Um, and let's not forget, he accidentally made his international debut uh, <laughs> against Georgia, uh, where he also accidentally scored out the winning goal. I know, I, I, you know, when I read that earlier, it just, it, it, it just, it's rent free. Honestly, it's, it's yeah. just crazy. It's just crazy. But all right, can guys. I just look- point out, can I just point out one thing, just, just on those scoring charts and all that? I'll tell you who's absolutely hitting the net or hitting the target every single time tonight. It's yourself, Martin, and William. The amount of links back to content that we've got on the website and interviews <laughs> like that has been absolutely prolific this evening. Get you two up front. That's, that's how you buy them, eh? Well, let me just say that piece that William was talking about, Finishal, on Cedric Itton is available on our website at thisisibrooks.co.uk. So get yourself over there and you can see some pieces. And even if you get yourself onto the website and look at some of Tommy's older work, you might see that he's getting slightly better as the <laughs> Yeah, it's um, very slightly. Very, very, very bloody slightly, I'll tell you that. Guys, I just want to put a wee bit in here now. We're talking about Roof. I don't know if maybe my research has been quite skewed, but we assess his goal contribution, which is like assessing um, the overall goals he scored. He's averaging at doing that every 22 to 23 minutes. That's, that's fantastic, I think. Mm-hmm. Good point. You know, he's, very, very he's, good he's obviously bringing his teammates into it, even if he's no... no um, Obviously, yeah. banging them in himself. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, listen, I'm conscious of time as well, and I want to get the fantasy football Scotland scores in as well. So we shall quickly preview the St Mirren game. Scott, after Celtic's win against Hamilton 5-1, yep. does it put any pressure on us to kind of put in a performance at home against what would be perceived as a weaker team and score a few goals? Well, I, th- I think the the sort of the the party line to that is quite obvious. Every time you play Ibrox, there's, there's pressure on you to to win, regardless if you're playing Barcelona Ibrox or if you're playing St Mirren Ibrox. And um, second game of the season, it, and again, it's going to be different because the, the Bears are only going to be there. Do you know what I mean? There's not going to be there to to roll them on if if things maybe aren't going perfectly inside the first 20 minutes so you're relying on the professionalism of the players to to pull them through the 90 minutes in a, a quiet empty stadium um I've, I've no concerns about it at all to be honest i i think you only get sort of you get three points for a 1-0 victory so i think gerard will want to continue in a a, a winning vein in the first instance more so when you consider they have they've played so little football up until pre-season which was only four weeks ago um so I, I think Gerard, first and foremost, I want to get another three points in the bag. And if we play well and if we score plenty of goals, great bonus. But three points, please, first and foremost. But Tommy, we know how Rangers fans are. We're not a we're not the most uh, patient bunch when it comes to, to to watching the team. And like I said to Scott there, but Celtic beating Hamilton five one doesn't matter who it is at home. Do we need to sort of replicate that kind of performance and result just to appease some of the fans at least? Well, I don't know about appease. That's maybe maybe a strong word. Although I get, I, I think I get your point in that set set down a, a comparable marker mm-hmm. to to what we've seen. So I don't think there's any grumblings or anything like you know nothing to appease, so to speak. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I get your yeah, I do I do agree with you. Um, just make that clear there. Thank God someone does. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just about to caveat it and say I only agree with you up to a point, <laughs> but you've, you've you've beat me to the punch. No, I think you're right. You know, everybody wants to see. Uh, Rangers, high Brooks, bounce these teams. Right, it's as simple as that. And last season, particularly the first half of the season, we were bouncing these teams. Right, so we know we're capable of it and we'll be even stronger this term. So do I expect us to completely bounce St. Mary? Yes, I do. Do I think it'll be a complete stroll? Well, no. You know, earn the right to play and all those good cliched things and all that. So it might be a wee bit tentative at the start. 
you've got the good and the bad side of the ledgers there. You don't have the team rolling you on if things are getting a bit difficult. But by the same aspect, you don't have grumblings if there's a straight pass or it's not happening initially. Do I think Rangers will win it? Yeah, of course I do. Will we take a few goals off them? Aye, I absolutely do think we will absolutely shelve them uh, if it's up to me. Um, uh, and I, I'm not entirely sure about bounce or shelve. I, I might stick on one of them at some point when I mean beat, right? Beat heavily. But uh, I, I think I think the team will actually settle into a rhythm pretty quickly. What we might do is if we get the chance and there's early goals and stuff like that, then Steven Gerrard can look to the look to the bench and maybe give some young players uh, a bit of time. Again, if we you know we reference some of the injuries and potential injuries, knocks, niggles. Uh, within the squad at the moment. You've got a couple of new players there you're looking to get bed then. I think uh, Cedric Itton, there you go, full name, Cedric Jan Itton and Kemar Roof will be introduced to the squad when they come back from Germany. So some players might be refreshed anyway, you know, just to say, well, here's a, you know, you've played in Germany, you're going to play here. So there might be a bit of that type of thing. And yeah, beyond that, I expect us to, what have I used? I've used bounced, I've used shelved. I, I expect um, us to. I, well, I'm, no, I'm not a big fan of that. I expect us to. <laughs> I expect us to gloss them. Uh, there you go. That's a that's a high level way of saying that. Um, I expect us to gloss them and gloss them good. Um, there, there you go. Uh, all got a bit, bit creepy towards the end there, so I'll move on <laughs> and say, yeah, I, I think we'll, I think we'll do them over. William, do you think there'll be many changes from the Bayer game? Because like Tommy was mentioning there, it's still really early in the season. We've not had much of a pre-season. The players have had such a long time off. Do you think Gerard's going to want to keep the continuity of the team going? Or do you think he might introduce the likes of your Stephen Davies and give your Edmondson some time? Maybe start Kmar Roof or Cedric Itton or bring them off the bench. What do you think he'll, he'll do for the Sunday game? Um, well, just kind of going back to the Bayern game, I think uh, Edmondson... I buyer, sorry. Um, Ed, uh, Edmondson will come in for that, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, like how, how he's going to just come into that. Is he going to come in and be fine, or is his confidence going to have took a real hit? And then I think, making it relevant to sun, uh, Sunday, um, I think he'll go straight back out of the team again, and we'll see what Balogun's got. Uh, he'll be in there with Goldson. I think uh, Edmondson will be straight back in the bench, and I think they'll just dent the boys' confidence, if I'm honest. Um, everywhere else will probably be roughly the same as, as the Bayer game and it depends on Morelos I think if he's there he's going to start um, and then you'll maybe see Ruth come on to take over for maybe Hadji if he plays out in the kind of right 10 role um, and then Atan will come on and, and play up front probably um, but I just probably more dependent on Morelos if he's going to be here or not uh, if they'll, they'll keep the forward line Just on that centre back um, partnership there Scott obviously Goldson's always going to start right he's the golden boy um, and we're talking about Balogun and Edmondson swapping them about but Hellander's going to eventually need some game time because he's coming back from a serious injury so how's that going to work with Hellander trying to get him some game time well I, th- I think well he's a, I think he's easily three weeks off it easily and I think sort of Tommy alluded to that sort of last week in the pod I, I think he's got a good three weeks before he can be considered for a starting berth, if you like. Um, how do you find games for him? I'm not entirely sure. Because I don't think it, it's, it's fair either on the player or the, the team to just throw him into a game and competitively expect him just to hit the ground running. I know there's the argument for him being a professional, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But he's been missing for a long time. He came on in pre-season against Coventry, I think it was, yeah. and took a bit of mauling early doors when he came on, you have to say. Um, so he's a bit off it. So I don't think Hellander will be anywhere near a starting berth uh, much before the end of September, to be perfectly honest with you, particularly if Balogun continues the, the form that he showed at Petodre at the weekend. That's the thing. And just just finally on this, Tommy, before we come to the fantasy football, um, if Balogun does continue the form that he's in, does that no mean that Hillander might be looking over his shoulder as to when am I going to get another game? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And quite rightly so. Welcome to the Rangers squad. Welcome to packed full of jersey. This is the distinction I was making last week about jersey. People who fill the jersey and people who grab the jersey. Well, welcome to competition. You know, I, I sense that uh, Balogun has put himself right in next to right, right in next to Goldson. Right? I think that's now the 
the um, the centre back pairing that somebody has to break into. Uh, simple as that. Whether that's George Edmondson or whether that's Felix Hellander, um, you know, remains to be seen. But yeah, I welcome a welcome a competitive squad. We always want this, so people's favourites might have to get jostled a wee bit. So I absolutely uh, Hellander should be looking over his shoulder. Just a nice wee kind of subplot to that, and I know you want to move on, Martin. So I'll do no, carry on. Is that I would suggest, even though I'm trying to think, Flo Canberry, Umar Sadiq, and Jermaine Defoe, and put Jermaine Defoe in a slightly different pot. But I would say with the additions of Cedric Itten and Etienne Itten, well, let's go with that, right? Uh, big, big Cedric, big Sadie, and, and uh, uh, K. Roof. <laughs> right, or whatever, right? I'm not going to attempt to speak. In the roof. Uh, right, in at, the roof. At, at in the roof, right? Um, please edit that out. <laughs> 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 um, I would make the argument that that's, and I'm not going to go to Jermaine Defoe here, right? I'm just saying in terms of the different types of players they are. I would say this is the first time that, oh, and uh, what was the name of the Mexican boy? Oh, Herrera. Herrera. Yes, thank you, Eduardo Herrera. This is the first time Alfredo Morelos has had serious, serious top-tier competition. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. And so it remains to be seen, one, if he gets the nod, and two, how he responds to that, uh, you know, rumours of him leaving all that at all, uh, aside, whether he really ups the game, and whether Steven Gerrard puts down a marker and says, you can start on the bench, sir. Uh, it would just be really interesting. That's a nice wee subplot to, to the St. Mirren game, because obviously Eton and um, Roof can't play in Germany, so... yeah. Uh, there we go. Right, gents. Well, we'll finish up this week and we'll finish up every week going forward with our fantasy football Scotland League. Now, I can't believe I've actually got 1,110 people in the league. Well done. Right? Yeah, That's class, isn't it? Really good. Right. Well done. I hope you have looked up what position you are in in that main league. Yeah. Um, I'm 638, right? I can, I can barely see you. I'm that high up the table. Oh, <laughs> nice. I like that. Where are you and, sitting, William? Eighth. No way. Well are you well joking? Well I thought you were joking. No, no. No, no, no. Dodge this. Aye. <laughs> and I've not even got my bloody team. I took him out last minute. <laughs> <laughs> 974. There you go. Well, in I'll... my defence, sorry, Scott, on you go. No, I'll be quite happy if I'm in three digits, and I'm not. There we go. I would say, in my defence, and I think Scott is the same, I chose to only choose players from one side of Glasgow. <laughs> so, as you're all celebrating, think on what you've done. Spot on. Spot on, Thomas. You're absolutely spot on, my friend. So, when you're all gloating it up, because <laughs> Edward scored the hat-trick at the weekend. Exactly. And triple, and triple points. You're all disgraceful, disgraceful behaviour. You're all getting disbarred at the end of it because I'm holding, I'm holding the, the administration rights to who gets through it. My, my signal's <laughs> going here, guys. My signal's going. <laughs> right, well, what I should point out and what I want to point out is every week we're going to name the top three. All right? Good show. So, in third place is only one Stevie G. Good name. Yep. That the manager of that team's Murdo McDonald, so well done to him for the first week. In second place, it's Who Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a brilliant name. <laughs> and is that all? I might have, I might have just offended him because the manager's <laughs> Jordan Jordan Who Man. <laughs> I, I was going to say I think that might be his, uh, the gentleman's actual surname. Uh... So Jordan, if you're watching us, if you I sincerely apologise. And in first place, we've got hashtag Let's Go. And that's my, the manager of that is Dylan McNabb. So that's your top three. And how many and again, points did Dylan McNabb have? Uh, 94. Jesus. 94. I'm, I'm expecting that I won't even have 94 points come the winter break, uh, is essentially what I'm, I'm expecting. But congrats, <laughs> congrats to those, uh, those fine three gentlemen. Nah, yeah, yeah, well, second and third both have 93 points. But anyway, gentlemen, listen, that shall do us for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about the, the fallout of the Bayer game and the St Mirren game. And, of course, whoever else we happen to sign in that time, because I've got a funny feeling there's going to be a few more signings coming in. But uh, as ever, Scott, William, Thomas, thank you very much. Thanks, Martin. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks,
And thanks for everybody listening, everybody watching, and we'll speak to you next week. How does the offer a free beer sound? Well, all you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash this is ibrooks and cover just five ninety five for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. You can be sipping eight totally different craft beers sourced and created by the good folks at Beer 52. Not only that, but they'll drop it right at your door so you don't even need to leave your house. If you're looking to stock up on beer, now's your chance. Since 2014, Beer 52 have been on a quest to find the best beer money you can buy anywhere on the planet. They are now the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea and Germany. If you're looking to stock up or just fancy trying something different, then Beer 52's Craft Beer Discovery Club is for you. If you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account any time you like. And also for every listener and viewer who signs up to Beer 52 using promo code This Is Ibrooks, you will be helping support the club we all love. So just go to beer52.com forward slash This Is Ibrooks to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's www.beer52.com forward slash This Is Ibrooks. Thank you for your continued support.